Just a quick note before we get started, this episode contains subjects not suitable for young listeners. Are you curious about why parents would ever want to do something as crazy as homeschooling their kids? Are you new to homeschooling and looking for some motivation to get you through those bumpy first few months? Or are you a longtime homeschooler who could really use some encouragement that will help you think of the long game rather than the momentary day-to-day challenges? Then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. If you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com slash support to donate any amount. And thank you for your support, which enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers, those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at BJUPressHomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you. Ginger, I have been counting down the weeks until we could record this episode (laughs) because this is literally one of my absolute favorite topics. But before we dive in, I do want to address a review we received on Apple Podcasts quite a while back, and it says this. It is really hard to relate to a few good episodes that seem to address homeschooling as the superior and only way to raise children. So I want to start off today by addressing this misunderstanding. Neither Ginger nor I have ever said that homeschooling is the only way or even the superior way to raise children. However, we have said that homeschooling was and is the best way for our specific families. I make no apologies for that, and I believe we all as parents try to do what we think is best for our families, but I'm definitely not peering over the fence at my neighbors and thinking to myself, you know, they really shouldn't send their kids to school. Actually, I'm more likely to be peering over the fence thinking to myself, I wonder what that's like. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, I will admit that some of my favorite Christian homeschooling mamas might be so passionate in their beliefs about homeschooling that they will think every family should homeschool. But I am not one of those people. We're all called to teach and instruct our children, absolutely. But I know that that can and should look different for every family and also for every child. That being said, Ginger, I'm going to let you start and share with us one of the reasons you chose to homeschool your kids so long ago. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Well, no, it actually was, and I have the gray hairs to prove it. (laughs) One of the first reasons I considered homeschooling is because personally, I hated going to school. It 
felt like jail to me. Aside from lunch and recess, or of course later PE, I was miserable sitting in a desk all day, and I could not wait for three o'clock because three o'clock to me meant freedom. Now, I'm sure there are people who loved going to school for various reasons, and it was a very positive experience for them, but I had a lot of negative experience growing up in the school system. I'll just give you just a little bit of history. I was in the private school system for seven and a half years and the public school system for six and a half years. And yes, if you do the math, that adds up to 14 years. I had a very traumatic experience my fourth grade year, which involved being bullied and sexually assaulted by another student. And I wound up having to repeat that grade. Without going into too much detail, my school days also involved negative experiences with teachers who either didn't like me at all or liked me way too much. I was dyslexic, which back then was not something that was diagnosed. So I, um, it just wasn't something that teachers knew how to deal with. So because of my struggle with dyslexia, I had a lot of trouble reading and learning. And I often felt very dumb in front of my peers, which led to some pretty deep insecurities. So again, I don't want to negate the fact that for some being in the school system was a positive experience. Not all experiences are bad like mine. And I don't mean to even imply that all teachers are bad. I had some wonderful teachers that were kind and encouraging and helped me in a lot of ways. But you guys have asked why Katie and I personally have chosen to homeschool. So I just want to be honest in saying that it was my negative experience in the school system that began to shape my desire to homeschool my own kids. Mm. Well, Ginger, I would say that most of my school memories were pretty ho-hum, like not very (laughs) impactful. I do remember long bouts of boredom and sitting still mixed in with moments of terror when I was called on to do multiplication drills. (laughs) I also recall a handful of amazing teachers who encouraged me in my writing and in drama. Those were and still are my two favorite subjects. But the majority of what I experienced in school had very little to do with my teachers, good or bad. Most of my school experience was shaped by the other children who surrounded me day in and day out. So my peer influences were positive some years and negative other years. This is funny. And it's funny to me because I have elementary school children, but I spent most of elementary school trying to find a boyfriend, which is crazy. (laughs) I mean, that's that's what every fourth and fifth grade girl needs to focus on when she still doesn't know her seven and eight times tables. Well, I did finally find a boyfriend, but I would break up with him only because he would pay me to go back out with him again. I was quite the little (laughs) entrepreneur, Ginger. I made a lot of money in fifth grade, but I never did learn those times tables. (laughs) Wait, but what do you mean by going out? I mean, you're in fifth grade. Oh, I mean like sitting by him at lunch or during recess. That was going out in fifth grade. (laughs) Okay, okay, good. Because I was about to say, I know enough about your parents to know that they were not going to be about letting you go out with anyone. And I just couldn't see fifth grade Katie sneaking out to be with boys. (laughs) Uh, No, I wasn't that rebellious or ambitious. But I forget there's a generational gap with some of the terminology here. So back in the 80s, Ginger, we called it going out. In elementary school. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true about the terminology. When I was in fifth grade, we passed notes to one another with the question, will you go with me? Not will you go out (laughs) with me, which would actually made more sense if any of that would make sense at all in fifth grade anyway. And then we had, so it said, will you go with me? And then we had these multiple choice boxes where you Mm -hmm. could check yes, no, or maybe. And Katie, I always check maybe. 
I wanted to keep myself free for more offers. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but what's funny is that when I would show those notes to my mom, she would say, she would read it and say, will you go with me? Where's he wanting y'all to go? And then she'd say, <laughs> oh, does he mean go steady? And then it would oh. just be mass confusion all the way around. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Who even knows what they say now? Like, will you inbox me? I don't know. What, what do they even say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm way past the terminology of will you go with me, <laughs> me or go too. out with me. Thankfully, <laughs> I wouldn't yes. go back to those days for anything. Thank goodness. Okay. Well, All right, Katie. So anyway, back to Katie in school. Okay. Well, then I was bullied in early middle school by some girls who just decided they wanted to have a We Hate Katie Club. And that that was actually what they called it. And they had coordinated outfits and everything. It was crazy. And then the following year, I actually attempted suicide and experienced Mm. for the first time what I now recognize as a major bout of depression. And just a quick aside here, I cannot imagine what either of those events would have felt like to my young hormonal mind had social media been a part of my upbringing. There's no mm-hmm. telling what yeah, way that would have yeah. Yeah. magnified. Absolutely. But anyway, to cap off my overall school experience, there was a shooting at my high school on the very last day of my senior year. So while I did have some really wonderful experiences, especially relating to my love for theater, I had some awesome theater experiences. Mm-hmm. But looking back, those great experiences. And and I will say this too. I met my husband in high school. So I, mm-hmm. and he had a great school experience. We were just talking about this last night. He loved school and did really well in school. I, I did not so much. So a lot of it has to do with the person, but looking back, the wonderful experiences I had were the exception and not the rule. So listeners, I think it's safe to say that Ginger and I have pretty strong opinions about whether or not our personal school experiences were positive or negative overall. Honestly, I knew the day I left high school behind that I wanted something different for my own children. I remember having that thought at 17 years old. So here we go. We've established that Ginger and I homeschool our kids because we pretty much hated school. Don't we sound, Ginger, like two people who should be educators? (laughs) Not our most encouraging start to an episode here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. We should question that, I guess. It's a little scary to think about you teaching your kids math and me teaching mine to read. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) But hey, it all worked out. You know, both of mine Mm. somehow managed to graduate college, even with a mom, a homeschooling mom that was dyslexic and couldn't read until fourth grade. Mm. And just to reiterate, we are fully aware that that might be folks listening who would say that their wonderful experience with the school system is what shaped their decision for their kids to go to school. And we totally respect that, as long as they're not going out with anyone in fifth grade, that is. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Please don't let your kids go out with anyone in fifth grade, unless it just means sitting at lunch together. That's probably okay. Yeah. Well, we've pretty well established that our own school experiences first opened us up to the idea of homeschooling. But what's one reason, Gender, you kept homeschooling? Because, you know, that, that'll that get you going maybe, but it won't keep you mm-hmm. in there for the long haul. So even on those days when you wanted to throw in the towel, what were some of the reasons that you kept homeschooling? Well, yes, I definitely had my fair share of days when putting them on that school bus looked mighty appealing Mm. so that I could do some things that I wanted to do. Uh, I had some interest, you know, pretty early on that I wanted to pursue. And for some reason, I was under the impression that I could not pursue anything if I was homeschooling. So when I first set out to homeschool, my intention was to school them at home until that I felt like they had a strong foundation in the Lord and that they were mature enough to stand up to peer pressure in any 
any injustices that they might encounter. But one of the problems with that plan was that the more I was with my kids, the more I loved being with my kids. Mm. Having so much time together as a family is is really probably one of the biggest reasons that kept me homeschooling. Now, that's not to say that I didn't need a break now and then, now and then because I absolutely did. And I had wonderful parents that gave me those breaks and let my kids spend the night with them one night a week, which was fantastic to let me refresh and have a little time to myself. And, uh, and I don't want to say that I never got tired or frustrated or never lost my cool sometimes with my kids. But after spending so much time with my kids day in and day out, I just got to the point that I could not imagine not being with them. Mm. I also found out that homeschooling didn't didn't mean that I could not pursue other interests. It was not a either or sort of thing. Obviously, I became in, interested in encouraging moms through writing books and speaking. And well, lo and behold, I was still able to write books and speak and homeschool. Speaking events actually became field trips. And we had a blast. We got to travel together and explore states all over the country and sometimes even overseas. My kids did a lot of schoolwork in the car and in hotel rooms and on airplanes and at my booth at homeschool conventions. And we just loved that. We loved that we had the freedom and the flexibility to do school anywhere, anytime, and we made the most of it. Katie, I wouldn't trade those school years for anything, and neither would my kids. They thanked me so many times in their adult years for homeschooling them because we all just have so many great memories of all those years being together. I also found it interesting what other homeschooling parents say, because I have spoken a lot at homeschool conventions over the years. I've had an opportunity to talk with thousands of homeschooling parents, and it's so interesting because I have never heard one of them say that they've regretted homeschooling their children, not one. Mm. That's very telling, Ginger. And and I completely agree with everything you said. The most common response I get when I tell people that we homeschool is, oh, I'm just not patient enough for that. Mm-hmm. Of course you're not. None of us are. You weren't patient enough to become a parent before you became a parent. You didn't think you'd be able to catch vomit in your hand before you ever became a parent, but you do. (laughs) You handle it. And God gave you what you needed when you needed it and not a moment sooner. So Ginger and I didn't decide to homeschool because we had all our stuff together and we were just rocking this parenting thing. (laughs) Not at all. But spending all day, every day with your children really does become easier than the alternative, in my opinion. And I think that's because we have so much time to work on character development as we go throughout our days in a natural setting. So for example, one of my kids was really struggling with spelling. There were tears and there was a lot of complaining that the lesson was taking too long to finish. And I was able to empathize with the child about the fact that spelling is hard and it does take a long time to learn. But then I was able to back up and ask this child what they expected to do instead of practicing spelling. In other words, where's the fire? You know, why are you rushing to finish this lesson? Well, come to find out the child wanted to play instead of doing school that day. And so we were able to have a heart to heart right then about what God expects from us. He didn't create us just to pursue our own pleasure. He created us to work actually. And that includes our children and also to work in a way that pleases him and brings him glory. So after that, we worked on some of the harder spelling words together orally And this child's entire demeanor changed. There was laughter. And even, this is the part that just melts my heart, an expression of gratitude from that child to me for my help. I just don't think we would have the opportunity to get that many moments like that if we didn't homeschool. 
but that's what I don't want to miss. Yes, it's hard to choose curriculum. It's hard to learn the ropes of homeschooling, to make time for self-care, whatever that means, and still maintain a household. But I honestly think the reward of being with my kids far outweighs the stress, the hassle, and the heavy responsibility of homeschooling them. Okay, Ginger, let's talk about the S word. Uh, The word that instantly makes homeschoolers' (laughs) eyes roll back in their heads. Um, What's the word I'm talking about? (laughs) Rick Boyer's voice is actually ringing in my head right now. (laughs) Well, what about socialization? (laughs) He used to do this presentation on that topic, and he was so hilarious in the way that he would say that. What about socialization? (laughs) And he would just blow it out of the water. It's funny, Katie, because for the longest time, my biggest concern about homeschooling was actually socialization. Mm -hmm. I was afraid that if I homeschooled that my kids would be awkward and weird and that they wouldn't be able to relate to their peers. And in all fairness, there are some homeschoolers like that. But on the flip side, there are also a lot of kids in the school system that are like that. My myth that all homeschooling kids lacked social skills was completely debunked about two years before I actually had kids. I worked in our family restaurant, and most of our employees were teenagers who were either in the school system or homeschool. It was about half and half. And I was so surprised by how well-rounded the homeschool kids kids were with their socialization skills. I noticed how easily they interacted with their peers and how they also didn't shy away from conversations with adults. They were able to look people of all ages in the eyes and comfortably engage in conversations. And so that just blew my whole myth that homeschoolers are weird and unsocialized out of the water. Yeah, I agree that some of our strongest homeschooling advocates are the children themselves. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way about a family we have been friends with for many years, a fellow Air Force military family called the Barhams. And when our oldest two kids were still babies, I remember watching our friends interact with other families and with our family. And it always amazed me that the oldest boys and their twins, they had no issues getting on the floor to play with infants and toddlers, but then they were just as comfortable talking to adults. So they weren't isolated to their particular peer group. And that really stuck out to me. Uh, But Ginger, I want to talk about that word weird. I had a conversation just this week with our 11-year-old about being weird. He's at that age where he notices other kids and compares himself to them in different ways. These kids have phones or their parents let them do, do this, but I can't. And these are all perfectly valid observations to me. And I encourage him to talk to me about those things because then it gives me the opportun- opportunity to tell him that, yes, he is weird. And I'm really good with that. <laughs> As Christians, we are called to be weird. And by that, I mean different from the world and set apart. Mm, that's right. Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, you were set apart. Romans 12 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we submit to being set apart, we will be persecuted. We will be labeled as different and weird. But according to Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, we are to rejoice and be glad when we're persecuted. Those verses say, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As followers of Christ, our goal is to be different. That's right. But You know, in fairness to my kids, we do have that added layer of being extra different because we're a homeschooling family. So, I mean, we have to explain why our youngest 
is panhandling to golfers who pass by our driveway. I kid you not. He had his harmonica, <laughs> his electric guitar, and his recorder, people, in the middle of our driveway on a weekday at 930 in the morning because he can. <laughs> and he was probably a little bit unsupervised at that moment. But I love that. <laughs> And I'll tell you this much, he'll be perfectly comfortable socializing with the next street performer we encounter. No question. No <laughs> there doubt. you go. Katie, you texted me a picture of him out there doing it. <laughs> Didn't he have this little hat out there for anyone who might walk by that had money? Yeah, not only did he have a hat, he had a feathered cap and it was upside down. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Oh, I saw that picture. Yeah, so we don't know. He could grow up to be a famous musician. Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure I just made a good case for socialization just now, but let's move on to our next reason. <laughs> Please. Well, I touched on this a bit with my budding street performer, but I love, I love that homeschooling gives our kids tons of time to pursue their own interests. Yes, they have to learn math, reading, spelling, writing, and a lot of other things. And that time of formal learning for us usually takes from around 9 a.m.-ish to around 1 or 2 p.m. for the older two kids. And that's even with a one-hour break in the middle for lunch and then for them to go tackle each other in the basement until somebody cries. So that's about the way our (laughs) schedule runs. But it's rare that our school days take more than four or five hours. And we really only do that four days a week. So Fridays, like your kids, Ginger, didn't you homeschool four days a week with your kids? Mm -hmm. I did. Fridays are their home ec days where they go to my parents' house. And so they learn to cook and sew and they help my mom put away her Christmas decorations in February. And so (laughs) they help out with their grandparents (laughs) and they love spending that time together. They also play tons of games and watch Andy Griffith, which is completely educational in my book. So I, I just can't express how freeing it is to have the time and flexibility to work with my kids to decide what they want to learn. And not only that, how they want to learn it. It's one of the greatest privileges of my life. And I wouldn't trade what we're doing for all the alone time and trips to Target by myself in the world. And that's that's really saying something for an introvert like me. <laughs> that's saying a lot. Yeah, same here, Katie, except our trips were to the CC's Pizza Buffet because there was nothing in the house for lunch. <laughs> that's actually, though, when my kids would do their read out loud assignments in the backseat on the way to CC's, mm. you know, so... It works. And we were also the same in that formal learning, Katie, and then it only took us, like you said, four or five hours uh, a day and just four days a week. And just to clarify, that's for the older kids. Mm -hmm. Those elementary earlier grades took way less time. Kindergarten took maybe 30 minutes, maybe. And first and second grade took, you know, maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours tops. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just a lot of wasted time in the school system, a lot of wasted hours doing unnecessary busy work when kids could be doing something else. And, you know, homeschooling kids have the advantage of having way more free time to do the things that interest them, which increases their desire to learn. And don't let the high school years scare you. My kids were in high school when I went through a divorce. And to be completely honest with you, I didn't have the mental energy to do much more than just write out their assignments every week. With my ex gone, I was thrown into a lot of things that I had to learn how to do, like running a restaurant that I'd not been a part of for 15 years. So I had to relearn all of that. And, you know, aside from that, I was an emotional train wreck. So my kids pretty much schooled themselves for about a year. I didn't even check their work. I was like, here's the answer key. Go check your work and let me know how you did. Mm. (laughs) No, y'all don't judge me. Like I said, they both graduated college, so it all worked out just fine. All that to say, once they reach those high school years, they can easily transition into being self-taught and manage most of their schoolwork themselves. That's right. 
So if you're thinking about homeschooling, but you're afraid that you don't have what it takes to give them a good education, it's really not as hard as you think. Take it from one homeschooling mom who still doesn't know her multiplication tables and the other (laughs) homeschooling mom who could barely read in fourth grade and still can't spell. I kid you not. My spelling, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, my spelling is on the level of about a fifth grader, if that. My family likes to entertain themselves by looking at my grocery list. And I'm actually, <laughs> if I think about it, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode on teasing. They should. All right, yes. they should, because they tease me relentlessly about my spelling. <laughs> but, you know, it is teasable. It's, it's, it's that bad. Katie, we've got a few more minutes. What's another reason you like to homeschool? Because I'm just too traumatized from all the teasing to think of anything else. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to give you two. One I hadn't planned to say, but this is, I'm redeeming my education, Ginger. So I am learning my multiplication (laughs) tables. I'm learning sixth grade math right now and it's kicking my tail. But uh, that's one of the things I really enjoy. I'm learning history, some of it for the first time. So I have just thoroughly enjoyed that. But Mm -hmm. one final thought I have is that I love being able to spend each and every day instilling a solid biblical worldview in my kids. We're able to learn science and spelling and history and art and music all through the lens of God's Word. I just, I can't even describe the joy I have when we explore something, especially something in nature and God's creation, and then hear the kids talk about how creative God is or Mm -hmm. how sovereign He is over creation. And Ginger, this is one of the reasons I am thrilled that our podcast is now partnering with BJU Press Homeschool. Y'all will no doubt hear us talk more about them in the weeks and months to come because number one, I love their curricula and I'm obsessed with their homeschooling hub. It's amazing. So we'll talk more about that later. But my point is that I can pick and choose the resources that we really enjoy and that teach the truth of God's word. Hmm. A biblical worldview educating our children through the lens of God's Word. I love it. Just to reiterate, this doesn't mean that as a parent, you cannot instill a biblical worldview in your kids if they're in the school system. It just means that you won't have quite as many opportunities as you would if they were home with you. Whatever situation or whatever unique circumstances surround your decisions regarding your child's education, you are the right parent for your child because you are the one God chose to nurture and love in ways that only you can do. He entrusted your unique child specifically to your care, which means don't let other people tell you what to do. Don't let what other people think keep you from praying and seeking God's will and then having the courage to follow His leading. I don't know what that looks like for you when it comes to your child's education. I believe it looks different from family to family for different reasons. But I do know that God created you to seek His will as you make decisions for your kids. And you can be confident that you are the right person to make those decisions and not anyone else. If you question that or struggle with believing that, ask yourself, other than God Himself, is there anyone who loves your kids more than you? Is there anyone who is more concerned about shaping their character than you? Mm. Is there anyone who wants them to love Jesus and honor Him with their lives more than you? Is there anyone who cares more about their education than you do? Is there anyone who wants to nurture their interest and for them to thrive in life more than you? And last question, basically it all boils down to this. Is there anyone who wants what's best for your children more than you? No, there's not. That's why God chose you 
to be your child's parent. So that makes you the best person to make prayerful decisions for your kids. Katie and I chose to homeschool because that's what we felt was best for our families. We prayed and we followed what we felt the Lord was leading us to do. We encourage you to do the same. And we all know that God does not lead everyone in the same direction. And he has reasons for that. We can trust God's will and trust his plan and have peace in our decisions when we're seeking him with all our hearts. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of me, but I can't really take credit for it because I borrowed this concept from the world of unschooling. Now, if you're familiar with unschooling, it is a type of homeschooling that is very much child-led and pretty unconventional, but to be clear, it is not the same as not doing school. I just wanted to clear up any misconceptions there. Mm -hmm. So my quick tip is to practice the wonderful art of strewing. This is just the process of somewhat inconspicuously laying out interesting books or materials and then stepping back to allow your children to discover them. There's just something about not letting on that, hey, this is an educational resource. Uh, And it allows the children to learn from and engage with the material much more willingly. So I'll often pick up a beautifully illustrated encyclopedia for my oldest who really loves reference books, or I'll lay out something I found in nature next to our microscope, or I'll load a new audiobook to their listening devices. Anything that helps them to engage with the materials without feeling like I'm forcing them to have a learning moment. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, this episode just got me so excited about all the homeschooling conferences you and I will be going to this year. And I'm also excited that my kids will get to experience it with me this time. They are thrilled about helping out in your booth, Ginger, selling books and interacting with other homeschooling families. And I'm so excited about them going, Katie. This is going to be so much fun because it's going to bring back memories of when my kids were traveling with me Mm. and and being at the booth. It's so much fun to be there with the whole family. So we are going to have a blast. And uh, we'll put more information about that in later episodes. But if you want to check my website, Katie and I will both be at the Teach Them Diligently in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And we will both be at FPEA in Orlando, Florida together. And when we're not speaking, we will both be at the booth with Katie's kids. So And probably some of mine, my adult kids, still love to come to those conferences. So we really... Really, really hope you will check out those conferences and come because we would love to get to meet some of our listeners. So again, listeners, if you'd like to join us at one of those events, check out Ginger's website, gingerhubbard.com, and click on speaking schedule to find out more. Listeners, we would really appreciate your feedback on this episode. So if you'd like to hear more episodes about homeschooling, or if you have questions about homeschooling and want us to address them on the show, could you just let us know your thoughts on that by going to the contact form at gingerhubbard.com? Ginger, can you please leave us with a final word of encouragement? When it comes to education, we don't have the right to tell you what's best for your child because we don't know what's best. We don't know your situation. We don't know your families. We don't know all the circumstances surrounding those decisions. But we do know that God put your child specifically in your care. So we encourage you to pray for God to give you wisdom and know that he will grant you that wisdom to make the best decisions for your kids. 
Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening right now. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering Ginger's best-selling parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, A Mom's Look at Heart-Oriented Discipline, as well as the six-week study guide at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can also connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a corner. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or a two-day conference. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we will get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.